there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. Do you use lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles Town, what's your favorite kind of money? Bitcoin Cash. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 53, Problems, Coinflex, Maximalism, or Banks. Today is Sunday, the 10th of July, 2022. I'm your host, Jeremy. Jet is in the producer's chair today. And also, despite being under the weather, filling in as the uh, co, you know, uh, co-host, um, guest discusser, what, however you want to put it, uh, because it's been a pretty uh, weird week in crypto. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to have to just try and cover off on, on, on what's been going on uh, as, as per usual. So let's just get straight into it then. Um, good morning, Bitcoin Jason. Welcome to the show and hope, hope you're doing good in Australia. The price positive bull trap week but now flat bitcoin cash 106 dollars and 14 uh cents usd and one btc buys 196 bch we did actually have a good week for most of the week the price had kind of risen up a little bit but seems like it has died off a little bit today and i guess with all of the surrounding circumstances uh it's not really that surprising that we're kind of not doing <laughs> all, all that well really um but no other big moves in in the market just yeah i guess bit of a bull trap week crypto crypto overall is up a little bit but i don't really feel like the the, the bear market is, has ended i feel like people are just kind of getting to the point of realizing that we're going to be in for a bit more of a bear market which usually is not the not the end of it, but uh, not the. But you can see the start of people trying to trying to be flushed out of the ecosystem who who are not in it for the long haul, anyway. And then we got the cent in USD, which is also still kind of spiky. Oh, I mean transactions. <laughs> totally don't know what the running order is. Transactions are still flat. Again, no no big uh, change there. I'll be a bit more encouraged when the transactions start rising up again, but we're still at kind of baseline of about 30k per per week, and also I mean 30k per day, and then we've also got this cent in USD, <clears throat> which has sort of died off. Uh, well, I mean it's still it's still kind of spiking around a little bit. So again, we we kind of want to see all, all this activity uh, drop off to really confirm that we we've completely finished with the bear market but i don't see any indicators of that and probably not uh, likely to see it for a few weeks more i'd say you know maybe maybe a month or two so that's kind of where where the markets are at first story for today is the biggest uh, news in bch continuing the coinflex drama so for listeners 
who did not uh, listen to either of the previous two episodes, probably the best thing is if you just go back and listen to those, especially to the one last week, number 52, because there's so much uh, content and context in that about this uh, particular story. We're not, I'm not going to rehash it all here for everybody who has already heard that. So, but essentially the, the story is that CoinFlex, a BTH exchange that are running the bridge, halted all their withdrawals a couple of weeks ago. Then they claimed Roger Veer owed them $47 million, which he denies. They were trying to do a crowdfund to cover this gap with a new pretty scammy kind of token. Then they said they were going to reopen withdrawals, which they didn't do. And then we were waiting for updates. So... The first point I want to make is somebody commented on the YouTube uh, comments last week that uh, when I was explaining all about it, that I was kind of laughing a a bit and it it sort of seemed that I was unsympathetic towards CoinFlex holders and that therefore I was kind of representing BCH badly. And I I wanted to kind of clear up that a little bit. Uh, Obviously, it sucks that anybody who has lost money, if you're caught up in this, especially people with a lot of money, you know, that's, that's, that's terrible. And it hurts the ecosystem. It hurts the BCH brand. It's, it's really bad. I, you know, you never like to see people getting scammed and, and rugged. The reason that I was, you know, kind of laughing around and joking about it. And I even said that I, I like this kind of chaos when it happens is, kind of that's that's what cryptocurrency it's not about scams and rugs or whatever but it's kind of an inevitable part of the package and you you sort of got to got to embrace that free market element to it i i sort of feel so when when things you know even though it is terrible and it does suck like i said last week there's kind of a entertainment value or there's kind of a historical moments we were there when it happened kind of thing that you can sort of draw from those events uh to you know to try and sort of solve the loss of all the actual problems that are happening and on this show i've said repeatedly and i'll say it a million times more not your keys not your coins withdraw from exchanges hold your own coins and teach everybody you possibly can to do the same and that will prevent you getting into these problems maybe with a slight ex- exception of the smart BCH. But even in that case, uh, we I'm sure we emphasize on the show many, many times that it's a centralized bridge. We're waiting for the decentralized bridge. You know, don't don't put in more money than you can afford to lose and all of that. So if anybody doesn't sort of like, you know, how sympathetic I'm being or that I'm not representing the Bitcoin Cash community or brand uh, well enough, well, then the simple option is, do 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 a better job yourself you know that's really what it comes down to i'm not the official delegate of bitcoin cash nobody is that's the whole point but at the same time anybody can do exactly what i've done and just created this channel and teamed up with with jet and started speaking to the community so if you think bitcoin cash needs somebody explaining it in a different way or not you know portraying coinflex as a disaster in a different way do it yourself because that's that's how the whole system works right that's enough about that so what where how have things developed in the next uh in the last week 
So on the next slide we've got here. So the first thing obviously was the 3rd of July um, where there was a much anticipated announcement from Roger Veer who had been pretty silent on his part of the story. He just said, look, the uh, I don't owe any counterparty any debts. In fact, they owe me money. And he kept pretty quiet about it all. So he agreed essentially to give a statement on Bitcoin Cash Hangouts run by Fiendish Crypto, which are absolutely amazing. And it was kind of a perfect venue for this sort of thing uh, on the CoinFlex drummer because everybody was waiting with bated breath to find out what was going to happen. Quite a lot of people tuned in. So Bitcoin Cash community pulled a bit of a sneaky one and got a uh, Rolando Bryson to talk about adoption in St. Martin and the hearings that we also covered on the last show. And they also talked about cash tokens and about any hedge and got a bunch of BCH shilling in to all the people who tuned in just for the drama. There was, yeah, there was at least 500 people, I think, listening. And there was probably more o- over time or uh, after the after after the matter. So there was, there was a massive amount of uh, BCH you know, hype because this is, you may as well make lemons, lemonade out of lemons, right? Uh, we've got this negative publicity and people were interested. Uh, so it, there was a, there was a bunch of, of people as well listening in that was, it was kind of interesting to see. So then it finally got around to his statement after about an hour and a half, I think. And it was a bit of a letdown. And I mean, a lot of people predicted this, so maybe it wasn't really that surprising, but what happened was he essentially just reiterated his main point, which is, okay, the lawyers are hashing it out. I can't say anything uh, too much. I don't really owe anyone any debts and so on and so forth. And then he made a bit of a cheeky move by saying, but, oh, look who we've got in the chat, this lawyer called uh, Daniel someone. Uh, Oh, he's a bit of an expert on these matters. And then this lawyer came in and started talking a bit about what's happening with CoinFlex and about Mt. Cox and everything. And what Roger didn't mention was that this lawyer had previously worked at Bitcoin.com and might even be literally his lawyer that is advising him on this whole CoinFlex scenario. So it was kind of a bit of a PR move where the lawyer was then able to say, oh, and it's like Mt. Cox and CoinFlex have been really scammy and sort of uh put in some legal wrappings and and discussions and roger could just sort of recuse himself but he didn't really give the full disclosure that this was not just a random uh (laughs) event that this guy happened to be on the call it was clearly a bit of a a setup uh which became obvious afterwards but then what happened was doug polk who was the poker player who was hired by coinflex and who then uh ditch them as their brand ambassador because of all this drama he started talking to the lawyer and they had this really good uh chat about it all which was again just driving the engagement up through the roof loads of people were tuning in to listen to this and (laughs) I, i thought it was a really good uh discussion so anybody who's interested in all the details of that can go back and listening to that uh recording but I think the only other sort of relevant part of that was that Mark Lamb was also given the opportunity to speak on the call, uh, which he declined to do. So 
I felt like that was a bit of a mistake on his part personally, because he could have come on the call and then just basically said the same thing as Roger. Okay. Yep. Uh, the, the lawyers are hashing it out. I'm under NDA. I can't really say too much, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't even do that. And so as a result, he, he was kind of trying to complain a little bit afterwards that, or at least people who, who were kind of sympathetic to his side of the argument. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't want to say he specifically complained about it, but uh, he, he's basically said, look, I've already given my point of view in other forums. I didn't feel the need to chip in there, but I, yeah, I think he would have been well served to do so because in the absence of making any comment, obviously the, the story gets driven kind of by the other side, such as it was. I think Roger kind of won that, that part of the, the PR battle, but also leading, leading up to the talk, uh, there were I, I can't remember which telegram group it was in but he was like yeah if they give me the opportunity to speak i'll take it and then they gave him the opportunity to speak and he's like nothing dead silence crickets yeah exactly and it was known that there was going to be this space in advance so it wasn't like he had no opportunity to prepare if he needed to discuss anything with his lawyers or figure out a statement or get something ready or whatever he easily could have done it. I mean, obviously, he might have also been quite busy with everything else he had to do. But this was a pretty central moment of the whole uh, story, especially at that time, right? Yeah. So I, I think, I, yeah. Sorry, I saw some comment too about uh, like um, Roger bringing out the lawyer and that being like a bullying tactic or something. And it, like, granted, I have zero experience with lawyers, so. I don't know, maybe that is, but from an outsider's perspective, it's like, okay, well, maybe he, if you want to read between lines about intention and Roger, sure, I'll give you that much. But the fact that he's just there and speaking doesn't mean a goddamn thing, right? Like, if if it was just about getting spicy, then I would expect Roger to say, like, I don't know, to hell with CoinFlex or something a little more than just, I don't know that money will... We'll have to wait and see what comes of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it really just was... It, it was kind of the case that Mark just didn't present himself that well in this scenario because he could have done the exact same thing. He could have had, you know, his lawyers in the, in the chat if he wanted to bring them into the... I guess maybe he got a bit sort of blindsided by that move. But he yeah, he did say beforehand, oh, I'll give a... I'll I'll say something if I'm given the chance to speak kind of hinting oh but I don't think I will be and that this is kind of biased against me but then that's completely not what happened and actually he was given a chance to speak and there was no problem and he just he, he just didn't have much to say he was just kind of on the back foot and that was the end of that so I guess in this scenario where uh, like we talked about in the last episode Roger sort of seemed to have more of the support that kind of confirmed that even more, you know, that would have been a good point for CoinFlex to try and scrape back some uh, credibility or if they had some new details or whatever that they could bring out, that would have been a pretty excellent opportunity to do it, but they kind of didn't. And so now we, you know, that, that moved them further behind, I think in the, in the community's favor or impression as a result of that. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of already eager for when we can just be like, all right, fuck him. 
and move on. Like, the drama was fun for maybe a week or so, but, like, can we get those smart BCH coins out of there and uh, get on with our lives? Yeah, and I think that is the sentiment that is that is sort of starting to come together that I, I've seen. Look, people are agreeing in the, in the chat, and I've seen some comments about that on Telegram and stuff too, is that it's kind of rapidly coming to a point where the community can't really do anything like not except for the people who are directly involved uh like roger and his lawyers and coinflex and their lawyers and whatever negotiating they're doing behind the scenes maybe a couple of the huge uh coinflex holder accounts who have been directly contacted by mark we we can't really do do much about it and everybody yeah just wants to get on with their lives and it's only a big I mean, obviously, the people who have money in the exchange might follow it along further too, but the rest of the community just wants to just okay, set this aside. All right, we've we've paid the price for that, and let's move on and and build something kind of positive instead. It really is just this issue of the hundred k BCH that we can't really afford to let go or ignore or overlook um because we we need those coin backs to to run the the bch the smart bch network although it has been running fine in the meantime uh basically like the chain itself actually works you just can't send coins in or out and the block ng bridge which was created as kind of a stopgap measure with arbitrage has actually just got things flowing again to the point where it is almost one-to-one so if you want to get out of smart bch now is kind of your chance you can get out at market rates or maybe only slightly below depending on the on the day so a sort of enough band-aids have been patched together that it's all good and it's just going to be really unfortunate to basically have this hanging over the community going forward right Mm, maybe but like, it's just like a moment, uh, just like we need to take a moment and and um, actualize like what we can take from this, which is we, uh, as a community, promoted something. Uh, I won't go as to far, so far as to say under false pretenses, but we promoted something that we, I don't think, fully understood. Uh, and wasn't communicated properly like wasn't communicated transparently enough um but i, I don't, don't know like we did it was it was well like it was caveated at pretty much every stage okay coinflex are running the centralized bridge yes but the degrees of separation i think even personally like i'm very much not your keys not your coins but when it came to smart bch i wasn't thinking you know anything of it because i was like oh there's you know if i don't have an account on coinflex but i use uh hop and that works just fine well it's the same thing at the end of the day so i mean even if i'm just talking to myself like i'm i'm sure there are other people in the community in the exact same position where they're like oh i need to you know, maybe look, uh, go and actually read read some more white papers and understand the inner workings of things. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't really think this will be 
that big of an issue. I, the the thing that I see that kind of worries me and also really irritates me is some of the more influential people being like, oh, um, you know, this is the last time Bitcoin Cash has burned me. I'm going on to do this other thing. Well, it wasn't Bitcoin mm-hmm. Cash that burned you in this case. It was, it was fucking two people. Like, uh, yeah. Well, I think, and but that's, yeah, it, it, it is to be said that like I was saying about the whole free market approach, like BCH basically gets stronger from chaos and it's very painful and it's very slow and so on and so forth. But it is ultimately very effective. That is, that is another thing that can be said for this. Like, I don't think the community is going to have this similar kind of problem again, right? Just because there will be more, like you're talking about more voices alert, more people willing to speak up and, it will be more of a case of instead of it being like a you know an old days google don't be evil type of thing which is what we had with coinflex instead it will be like a can't be evil thing and i think because because the community was at that time as well when smart bch was launching and everything it was so exciting and everybody wanted to be involved and have some good news and some good momentum and it did happen and lots of people got involved and all that it to me it really just shows that if if bch could just go one year or you know two to three years even with no drama it will just start wrecking it'll 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 be rocketing up in success and in transaction stuff all the stuff that it has accomplished through the last five years or so with more pain and more drama and more problems than any other coin any other coin would already be dead at this point let alone uh, still making advances uh, and with some sort of industry leading stuff, it feels like to me. So we, but it's just kind of a case of, yeah, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And maybe we need to be more vigilant about that. Uh, Maybe if there had initially been a um, multi-sig setup or something, then we wouldn't be in this, this situation and we should just, yeah, should just shore up the defense a bit more in that in that case, right? I guess. It just makes me wonder uh what like Yeah, uh, this is just what ifs. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> well, just go on to the next slide. It. Yeah. Cuz the, the so that was the 3rd of July, right? And then we had another one yesterday. We had the 9th of July. So CoinFlex, well, so the first thing was CoinFlex was supposed to give an update on Tuesday, which they basically said, wait for the weekend. So once again, they sort of failed their own um, promised update schedule, like all the deadlines that they've given that they basically haven't hit, right? Like they said, everybody was going to be able to withdraw on the 30th and they weren't. They said, we're going to give an update later on and they weren't. There's another way that CoinFlex is kind of screwing themselves over giving these deadlines and then not sticking to them. So I said, look, the next update will be on Tuesday, but then actually the Tuesday update was wait until the weekend. So then on Saturday, there was actually a very big uh, update. And I've split this into two segments because they're two sort of slides, two sections, because there's a lot, there's a lot in this, right? So the second one is the smart BTH coin. So we'll get to that in a second. That's a separate case. I want to uh, handle the rest of it first. The first the first half of it was that they said, look, this $47 million that was supposedly owed 
by Roger on his defaulted position is now not $47 million. It was $84 million. <laughs> and the reason, the difference, uh, the way that it's nearly doubled was that in trying to sell off enough stuff, particularly apparently a lot of FlexCoin on Roger's account in order to uh, just just stem the bleeding, they obviously also destroyed the FlexCoin market, selling in however much millions of FlexCoin he had, on top of, of course, liquidating all the BCH that he had pre- presumably in there, which includes... Uh, which dropped the BCH market price, as we've seen. Whatever other coins he might have had lying around on there, they've all been sold off, presumably at this point, and that has all, you know, dropped the dropped the dropped the prices. So things have gone from forty-seven million bad to apparently eighty-four million dollars <laughs> bad, which is which is obviously not good. They said, okay, but we're sort of taking action to fix all this. And they've opened arbitration with the Hong Kong International Arbitration Center and said, look, it's going to take us one year to get the money back from Roger, presumably, if all goes well with that that scenario, right? And that's kind of premised on their statement beforehand that, okay, we have a personal guaranteed contract from Roger that if his account goes into uh the negatives instead of liquidating him like we would anybody else will uh let him put in more margin and that he's personally on the hook for that so whether or not they can chase that up i guess depends on the this contract that they have with him which nobody else has seen nobody else even knows for sure that it exists and yeah it's between roger and them right so nobody really knows about that so as for the holders who are just getting increasingly screwed because the withdrawals were not allowed it's now come onto this plan that in one week's time from now again just to you know saying it again they haven't been good with their their deadlines but supposedly in one week which is time for all this to get implemented they're going to give 10 percent of the CoinFlex account depositors, their assets back and available to withdraw. So if you had 10 BCH, you would get back one BCH available to withdraw. And if you had 10 BDC, you would get back one BDC. And if you had 100, uh, you know, wh- whatever else you might have on there, 100 Litecoins, you'll get back 10 Litecoins. So you get 10% of all your coins back, which you can withdraw. And you'll, all, and you'll get 90% uh, the other ninety percent of your assets will all be essentially sold, liquidated for USDC, and locked. So you'll have a balance that shows basically locked balance. You know, however much, let's say a thousand dollars was the rest of your assets. So all your other stuff gets sold, and you'll have credit nine nine hundred uh, or a thousand dollars of USDC on your account with the idea being that they'll slowly release those coin like that that value to you later so it's kind of a bit weird because you would think why 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 are they force selling everything into usdc that seems partly an administrative 
move on their part that it just makes it simpler if they just liquidate everything and it just all becomes USDC. But it kind of seems premised on the idea that if the if crypto rockets up, they will be even further in the hole than they already are. Because however much Litecoins and BCH and whatever that they owe to people, if the price goes up and they owe, you know, if they owe someone $20,000, which is one Bitcoin today, then that's fine. But if Bitcoin doubles in price, goes to $40,000 and they still owe that person one Bitcoin, well, now they owe them $40,000. And their hole that they have of now 84 million is supposedly all denominated in USDC. So they're trying to clear up those two things and at least match them up. Now, this is obviously kind of a you know shit sandwich for the depositors who are getting forced liquidated against their own wishes on top of the fact that they can't withdraw their money. So, well, they're getting 10% back. So I guess that's better than nothing, but still getting forced liquidated to USDC is only a good thing if it luckily works out that the market drops between now and when they get some later option to withdraw which is maybe going to happen or maybe not but we're kind of moving more towards the 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 more bare you know the bottom of the bear market. we're getting closer to that so it's a pretty terrible time to have that happen rather than just hodling your coins pretty much so then on top of this you had uh some more information in there that apparently a large us exchange or ats platform is kind of now in the mix of gonna buy up some equity or whatever because coinflex have their their technology you know their algorithms and their code and whatever that allows them to do their their futures markets and apparently somebody is interested in maybe buying some of that to set to put it onto securities to do uh you know stocks and stuff like that using this technology which is how they're trying to scrape around to get somebody to inject some cash in and bail them out, basically. So as far as that goes, I don't really know what, again, that could just be all completely hot air or not. Uh, but it's it, it, if, if it all comes together, that would be brilliant. But it's a bit of a long shot, I'd say. And previously, oh, we've got enough soft commitments and it's all coming together. Well, that didn't really happen. So... I mean, maybe it's taking longer than they expected, but it could also just be that it's never going to happen. And so from my point of view, I mean, the to be favorable to Mark, he is still communicating with the community. He hasn't vanished off the map. He is still talking to people in Telegram. He is still saying, look, I'm sorry. I understand why everybody hates me. Uh, you know, that a lot of it's out of my hands or not really that, but a lot of it you know, I'm doing as much as I can, a lot of that kind of stuff. But uh, also to to be real, you know, it's easy to just say that the deadlines have been consistently missed. The digging that the community's done has kind of turned up. Look, maybe they're in the hole. The community initially said, look, they're in the hole more than they're letting on already at the start. And they still are predicting, okay, look, we've had a look at their wallets. There's more money missing. The reason you're only getting 10% back is because the other 90% is basically already gone anyway. It's not like they have other assets to back this shit up. And so it just really is, you know, he's not really doing himself any any favors by drip dripping out the information in this way where just each, like just 
if, if we're going to get the bad news, we may as well just get it all at once. But instead, it's kind of being parceled out in this long series of missed deadlines and delays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, next well, week, we'll trying. have a whole new plan. We're going to scrap this 90% haircut idea. We're going back to RVUSD. Yeah. Well, RVUSD was still getting mentioned as, oh, well, maybe we'll we'll fix that in there somehow. Or maybe that'll be for the, de- the investors or... It's silly. <laughs> Whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was what what's your was your take on this kind of update though, just in general? Uh do you think they'll be able to get the money back in this kind of Hong Kong arbitration in a year's time? To me, like in a year's time, who knows what's gonna happen? It'll be This is assuming, first off, that Roger owes the money. And Yeah. Well, it seems like community consensus is like, yeah, Roger's been a degenerate gambler. He does owe them this money. He's just not gonna. He's just not gonna pay up. Uh, I'm still gonna hold out, and like, I mean, yeah, it's very likely, but I don't care one way or the other. So until I see some actual evidence, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems, uh, I'm, I'm. I had yeah, I'm bored of it. I don't want this to this is in every single Bitcoin Cash chat now. <laughs> and like Yeah, maybe this is the good transition. Give us our coins. God damn it, Mark. Give us the smart BCH <laughs> coins back and we'll be all on our way. Well, just the one one final point before we get on to those smart BCH coins is this whole uh, explanation as well as the communities digging basically is kind of coming to the point of so how much of what whatever they did have how much of it has already been sold because it seems like rogers coins have basically all been liquidated that's already finished and potentially all these other depositor assets the 90 percent of the whatever they might have already been sold too or they might still be kind of hanging over the head of the market if you know what i mean so we it's it's kind of hard to say whether okay we might already be just at the bottom in, of the price because all of those coins have been dumped and dumped and dumped and now they're all gone the market's absorbed it or it might be okay the first batch got dumped onto everyone the second batch is going to be coming in the next couple of weeks and then we'll be kind of build, building back up i don't know do you have a theory of that do you think they've whatever they've got they've already just sold it all or i think so like there's uh I saw some rumor he- going around that we're uh, sorry Jesus Christ <sighs> back on the rails here all right so I saw a rumor going around some of the groups where it was like uh you know some of the uh, higher up big shots knew about Coinflex's issues since like um May I think it was yeah. yeah. And so that's the whole slow rug bullshit where it's like, oh, these these whale insiders have been slowly selling their BCH uh, to distance themselves from, you know, this whole mess. Yeah, May. Thank you, Jason. Right. Well, in, in that case, I mean, the main the main game or the main question to me is just like, eventually eventually whoever has all these coins or whatever and wants to sell them eventually they run out right and so again like in the long run it sort of works out better for the community if the actual organic 
mass community gets the chance to buy in coins at these lower prices, which they do, and then they put them in their cold storage wallets and then they hodl them for the next three years as as things turn around, right? That's the yeah. that's the silver lining if that's what's going on. Regardless if, but if it's, it's very painful, right? Well, yes and no. Because regardless of if it's Roger or someone else getting liquidated, it doesn't matter. We are the whales now. Look at me. <laughs> I am the whale now, right? Like, we just got to take on those roles ourselves. And we got to stop doing that. Oh, someone buy more. You buy more, motherfucker. Price is <laughs> low enough now that if you have a minimum wage job, you can take 100 bucks from every pay toss it into that's a whole coin right now that's a whole coin you can get one bch every other week on a minimum wage job yeah yeah exactly and uh, and the the floating the actual floating supply is is under you know probably under like a million bch right in terms of the, the coins that are actually out there that if you withdrew them off an exchange you would actually be able to get them redeemed for so it's no joke if anybody's buying up a coin here two coins here five coins here if we genuinely have a couple uh, even a hundred thousand people a couple hundred thousand people picking up all those coins they they will vanish uh, fast and that's one of the good things about the price dropping uh, it's a bit copium but the lower the price goes the easier it is for the same sort of organic uh buying pressure to suck up all the all the supply, right? Including the Coinbase. That's something people don't think about is there's new blocks rolling out this entire time at this lower price, right? And so that's also sort of selling pressure, which has to be done at some point to get us up to the 21 million. And if the price is low now, that's coins that are that are more easily absorbed into the community kind of. Um, it's yeah. 6.25 coins every block, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. Somebody can be getting in there, throwing in a couple hundred bucks and getting a whole mining block worth of uh, worth of coins on the regular. Right. So let's talk about these smart BCH coins then. So the the second um, element to this the story or the update that they give was basically the smart BCH bridge is still locked, which of course nobody wanted to hear. And I think part of the reason which seems to have emerged is that CoinFlex kind of have been called out, which partly happened on that BCH hangout spaces, which is maybe another reason Mark decided not to, not to comment because they initially said, look, everybody who is a smart BCH holder signed our terms and agreements to open an account and use the bridge, which was a decent point although also kind of not a decent point because CoinFlex had said on multiple occasions, the coins are separated. That's a different thing. Even if we go bankrupt, it's not going to rug the community, et cetera, et cetera. They kind of lied about that. Uh, but in hindsight, they were sort of trying to say, well, you created an account and you deposited your coins with us. So your coins are in the same pool as everyone else's funds. But this was not really true necessarily because once there was other services that were acting as intermediaries for the bridge, like um, Hop.Cash. Since that was then available, that meant that people could get into Smart BCH or they could perhaps even have traded for coins on the Smart BCH side 
which they then wanted to take out, even though they'd never actually put any coins in, perhaps they'd, uh, you know, they just did a separate deal, side deal with somebody and they'd ended up with some smart BCH coins that they wanted to get out. Then they also were smart BCH holders, despite having no relationship with CoinFlex. And this is especially obvious because CoinFlex has their whole setup that we're not dealing with people in the US, but obviously there are loads of people in the US because uh, obviously around security law and stuff, but they are dealing with people in the US because people in the US can either use a VPN or could have used Hop.Cash or could have uh, found their way in some other way. So this kind of line that, yeah, well, all the smart BCH holders are on the hook because they signed up to CoinFlex is not true. And there's this whole class of people who fall definitely outside that that remix, uh, that remit, and Mark is not seemingly sure what to do about them so in this update what was said is that the smart bch holders are being represented in these internal negotiations by the smart bch foundation this guy eric wong in the coinflex stakeholder working group which was super bizarre because this there was one or two people who said i've heard of this guy but there was a load of people who said i've never heard of this guy We've never heard of this smart BCH foundation. This just seems to have been magicked up out of thin air. And that's supposedly our, in air quotes, you know, community representative. I mean, if the community representative was cheap lightning and four of his most, you know, four of the devs from different smart BCH projects, maybe you could kind of see it. But it seems, again, just like initially when Mark made the announcement it seemed like he was trying to protect his insider whale friend at the expense of the community well now the same thing has happened again with this where whoever his mate is that he's just handpicked to be the so-called representative while the community is just left left out to dry that that doesn't make any sense um but also according to mark separately in the telegram group he's going to ask for the smart BCH coins to the, you know, the creditors, to the large depositors and, you know, who knows who, uh, whether the smart BCH can be handled separately to the rest of the assets. So if you believe his version of events, he is trying to find a way to get whoever's involved to agree. Okay, look, let's just give them back the smart BCH and then let's just take that off the table and then the community will stop harassing us about it. And it, it was their coins to begin with. I mean, that's, you've got to be pretty optimistic. It's a bit of a long bow, but if that happened, that would be amazing. And then uh, given this plan to liquidate everything into USDC, it seems like the smart BCH also will probably be accepted, you know, not a part of that, or at least Mark said, our aim wouldn't be to dollarize the smart BCH liabilities, but to keep those liabilities in BCH such that when we regain funds by a fundraising RV, USD or otherwise, we can make smart BCH holders whole because of the idea being that maybe internally they need to figure out their liabilities in USDC. So they need to kind of clear everything out. But the smart BCH, that's unrelated to fiat. People don't care whether we get back more or less fiat for the bridge. It was 101000 BCH, and that's what we want back. 101,000 BCH is never going to change. So whether the price of BCH is going up or down doesn't doesn't 
uh, factor into that. And so we don't want those coins liquidated because if they do get liquidated and the price goes up, then the community is even more screwed. Uh, but we haven't heard anything also from Kui Wang about his Bodao bailout that also hasn't been really any big updates on that. So yeah, any, any thoughts on this smart BCH angle to it? So uh, just to add in the pile, I've also never heard of this Eric Wong guy before. Um, but just reading the link that Jay posted here in this chat, this Smart BCH Foundation has so many more mentions of SLP. Like, okay, so the first bit of this text here is the purpose of the foundation is the promotion development and licensing of new technologies and applications and the foreground but not exclusively is the promotion development and licensing of the simple ledger protocol technology to this end the foundation pursues promoting and licensing the use of simple ledger protocol technology promoting smart bch foundation brand promoting bitcoin cash blockchain use cases fostering an open source developer community to build slp tools to have practical and valuable use cases, provide discussion forums, documentation, say blah, 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 blah. But this is all SLP-related stuff. So if this Eric fella, if Smart B, if if this is all true, then, then Smart BCH, the Smart BCH Foundation, as it's written here, has no connection with the Smart BCH sidechain. Uh, if that's not the case, they really need to clarify this. What are you saying here? Look, Peter Ning and Stefan Russ. Well, Peter Ning is the guy who was on that one where he's basically fudding BCH and saying, look, if they, if the hash rate falls below a certain point, I'm going to tell everyone to sell because the whole thing's going to be yeah. fucked, right? So if he was somehow involved in the, uh, um, you know, he was involved in it sort of, slp or something and then slp was then getting its lunch eaten by smart bch and so they made this kind of covert op smart bch foundation look basically nobody a foundation or an association or anything like that is bad news in cryptocurrency that's that's one thing i want to make sure the listeners are very well aware of because whenever you have an association or foundation or whatever it's it's some kind of undercover insider operation it always is there was an original bitcoin foundation back in the day that was like this that just turned out into being a disaster bitcoin sv has like some bitcoin association or something like that who are just a nightmare as well as soon as i read smart bch foundation i thought no i don't want these guys i don't want whatever this is just it's a nightmare let's not have every time it just turns into who's trying to grab the money and where do they get the funds if the community puts in the funds then it's like a flip started with even less accountability who is the hierarchy these things are done in these all these shady deals it's just a disaster so this is I don't super want bad smart juju. yeah i don't want these they just reuse the slp foundation text for smart. so whoever was doing an slp foundation if they've now tried to be well, the smart bch peter, foundation just this uh, is terrible uh, peter's part of that Peter's, so, Peter's hanging around in the Telegram chats again, too. He was the one uh, I tagged out on Twitter and was like, hey, are you shorting BCH? And he just replied with zero. Well, sh are you shorting it to zero or you have zero shorts? Answer the goddamn question. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's a weird one then, because if people are starting to come back and sniffing around and trying to get involved, that's usually a good sign because it means that whatever their agenda or whatever their thing, they're obviously there must be something going on that they want to be involved in, right? If the worst sign for the chain is when everybody leaves and nobody says anything and people just disconnect and fuck off. But if they're all still hanging around, if there's still interest, there must be, there's obviously some kind of opportunity that they can see happening. So that would be my impression. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So here, anyway, here we are with the smart BCH coins. The, the summary is the coins are still locked. Uh, and again, hopefully, if you believe Mark's version of events, he's trying to find some way to get enough sign-offs or whatever from the lawyers and the, the big creditors and whoever to just weasel out the coins back to the community and then we can crack on with this and everybody can just forget about smart uh about the coin flex uh meltdown and just let him and roger battle it out and good luck to them but i i wouldn't rate that as highly likely at this stage i hope it does my fingers and toes are crossed that that's exactly what happens in a week's time but i think it's probably unlikely so that yeah <laughs> whatever this smart bch foundation is that is that is a bad omen having that appear on the scene as well too and yeah there wasn't really enough people backing up this eric wong guy to say that he because it's possible that he, he was in hong kong maybe he's a part of the chinese part of the community more and just people didn't really know him as much but i didn't really see a lot of voices ringing out in support of him either in fact, the opposite. I saw a lot of people. Who is this? What? Where's this guy come from? What? What's this about? All right, that's that's enough about that then. Uh, that's enough about the uh, bridge and the coins. But that's the current state of affairs for everybody who was wondering where we're at. Ah, I asked you to refresh the slides. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> did it? Did it not save? All right, here we go. Okay, all right. <laughs> there you go. The production disaster, the podcast as usual. So, um, Mount Gox coin release. This is just kind of the ironic thing is that at the exact same time as all this is happening, the kind of Mount Gox litigation or whatever, which has been grinding along for probably nearly a decade at this point, the collapse was in... 2014 but the coins some of the coins were at least stolen earlier than that anyway so all these uh coins that have been in this uh recovered somewhere or another are perhaps preparing to get close to going back to at least in some aspect of some it's like a weird uh what's it what's it called not a parody but a, a weird counterpart to this coin flex drama that we're having right now, as you can see how this same thing happens over and over and over again when people don't learn, not your keys, not your coins, uh, is that the Mount Gox coins had pretty much a similar thing happen. And now there, there was like 850,000 Bitcoins stolen in that originally, but whatever they've scraped together is 150,000 Bitcoins, it seems. And those are the funds that are maybe going to be returned back to Mount Gox creditors. Now, it's not entirely clear 
whether they're going to give people back this $150,000 BDC as well as the 150,000 BCH and BSV and, and, and whatever, or whether this article says the prospect says, uh, as Mt. Gox creditors choose how much money to receive in cash, Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash. So maybe they can't even get their Bitcoin SV or their e-cash. Uh, and maybe they can choose to get all of their money in BCH and some in BDC. That's kind of weird as well too. And it, it sort of comes down to, I, I would say on average, the unlocking of all of these coins has got to be bearish, especially for Bitcoin BDC, because uh, A, their market cap is a lot higher. So these 150K BDC can do a lot more damage. But B, the people who are getting the money back are massively in the money on BDC. So a lot of them are going to want to just lock in those gains as fast as possible and move the, that money into some other assets they're also by default the sort of early holders who are more likely to be sympathetic to bch and on top of that the ratio is at nearly 200 to 1 so anybody it only takes like one one percent or half a percent really of these holders to say yep let me sell my bdc and get bch instead to to counteract any any negative selling pressure right even if 99.5% 99.5% of them all dump their 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 BCH, which I would say is unlikely. But even in that scenario, you only need 0.5% to be going the other way to even it out. And if more are going the other way, then then it's really good for BCH. So that's do you have a take on this whole Mount Gox thing? What what do you think about these coins getting unlocked? Uh, I don't really have much of like I'm just glad to see people as long as it's taken, finally get some of their money back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's probably some small consolation, but the I guess the benefit is that they've basically been in forced hodl for, <laughs> for eight years or whatever. So even if they aren't getting back as many coins as they put in at the time, the fiat value is still probably way inflated over what they over what they 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 had i wonder if any of them are like btc maximalists that are like thank you gox for (laughs) making (laughs) me hold those coins yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure anybody who is getting a getting a payout is having a pretty good day again just under the premise that something is better than nothing right so yeah i'm sure if if you even if you got back five percent of your coins or ten percent of your coins and you had you know a couple hundred bucks at that time it's, it's now probably a good amount of money uh so yeah uh anyway it just goes to show that the same thing that happened with coinflex happened with mount gox and it happens with uh, a lot of exchanges so yeah once again not your keys what year coins. did the gox fiasco happen it was at the start of 2014 that it blew up. So it was eight like years there. later. Eight years later, yeah, eight oh, years, okay. two two cycles of enforced holding, and yeah, Jason is asking in the chat. It's not really clear. Are they are they getting back their unsplit? Because these coins were from before the split, so there would be BBC and BCH at stake. But it's not really clear either a whether the people who've ended up with this money 
whether they're aware of that or they might have been moving around the coins in the meantime in the process of trying to, I don't know, collect up uh, as Mark Carpelli's is trying to make off with his millions. And, you know, who knows how many times these have been moved or put in the hands of another court or whatever the hell has happened. And they've ended up with all the BDC and all the BCH or they have or they haven't. It's impossible to know. And on top of that, it seems like there's some element to this deal where the creditors can choose to get a, like the logical thing would just be if however many coins you had on the exchange, you get that many BTC and that many BCH because that's how it works when the coins split. But that's not necessarily the way that they're, they're actually going to pay it out. They might say, oh, well, you can choose what ratio you want or, or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe you get a fiat balance of this is how much your segment is worth and give us a an address for either BTC or BCH will pay it. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, but yeah, it kind of remains to be seen. The core point is that they're definitely not going to have more, like, because BCH would be the more likely ones to be lost if they were, if they were, coins were being moved around and whatever, both because they were less valuable and also just because you had to uh, more specifically split them. So it's more likely that, yeah, there's going to be selling pressure on BTC basically, as well as the fact that the increased value means there'll be more selling pressure. So actually seems like kind of might be sneakily a good thing for BCH. These coins get released. All right, next thing is on the topic of BTC. So the drama this week in the Bitcoin community has been an attempt to get rid of maximalism so obviously with the price declining and store of value being proven to be a complete lie as has been said many times on this show as well as the stock to flow model the 100k laser ray uh twitter profile cult eyes all that stuff is all completely garbage which has been said many times on the show, but it's now starting to dawn on the Bitcoin BDC crowd that it was all lies and it was all rubbish. And this has given them apparently some cause for introspection uh, as the rats try to distance themselves from what is a toxic mess that they have been much derided for by the Bitcoin Cash community and by basically every cryptocurrency community, Ethereum's been in there, Vitalik's been getting in jabs, uh, you know, everybody is just like, this is the most ridiculous, stupid thing. And the chickens are starting to come home to roost a little bit. So Nick Carter, who he says he isn't a Bitcoin maxi, but basically he has been pretty much adjacent to all that at the very least. He published a blog call, post called Setting the Record State Straight or a Eulogy for Bitcoin Maximalism because his hedge fund or something bought up some stuff that was investing in different projects and not all of them were in Bitcoin. And so then some Bitcoin people did their usual thing, which is if you're not 100% Bitcoin, you're 100% against us. And they all flooded his Twitter with, you know, bullshit. And he just got fed up with it. And so he said, look, I need to just clear up. I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. I think maximalism is stupid, yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, everybody else started piling into the mix. So Peter McCormack was going with the angle. Can anyone clearly define what Bitcoin maximalism is? Yet another person who undoubtedly at some point will say, I wasn't really a Bitcoin maximalist. I like Monero. I'm, but even though, you know, 
let, let's be honest, mate, you, you spent enough time trashing other coins and hyping up the, the laser eyes and going where the, where the gravy was good that you, you know, whatever you say, it's, it's clear that you, you made your bed and now you're lying in it. And the same with, uh, this, I don't know, this other guy, Porto Bitcoin culture, burn it to the ground. He published this article basically saying the same thing that everybody's been saying that wasn't a Bitcoin maximalist, which is, this is just toxic and stupid and it just drives away people who are interested in cryptocurrency and your little bro culture is not really welcoming to anyone from the outside and so on and so forth, which was all the things that they laughed at Ethereum about, that Ethereum was attracting people who were just interested and just curious and just wanted to try it out and have fun and not be just in this this cult basically this whole laser eyes cult of our way or the highway uh and every other coin is a shit coin and just being essentially unfriendly so yeah uh nick carter also went on bankless so if anybody wants to see all the thoughts that he has on that you can look look up that episode but basically yeah, he, the main point to me was that he said, look, I feel like I'm the last rat off the sinking ship, which is a phrase I've specifically used on this show about this exact phenomenon on several occasions, which is once, once the balloon starts to deflate, everybody wants to get out of there before, before the music stops, before the musical chairs run out. How's that for mixed messages, uh, mixed metaphors? So uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at with with this and it just comes to show that if something can't sustain itself eventually it doesn't uh and that when the prices are down suddenly everybody is having to learn some hard lessons so obviously for the bch community it's the whole coin flex situation the bdc community it's wait what have we done we've we've turned this into a mess and i guess there's some of them are starting to think look we need to we need to turn this ship around we need to Re, repaint this whole thing but i think that what they're going to discover is that once the rot sets in it's a lot harder to dig out than you expect that's the whole decentralization thing it's it's hard to get something going in a certain direction but once it's going it's also very hard to stop it um i don't know you do you feel any schadenfreude out of this or do you are you surprised it's happened this early or this late well, hold on. I have a question that I should have asked a yeah. long time ago. And I don't mean like during the podcast. I mean like in my time in crypto. Who yeah. the hell is Nick Carter? Like why does everyone know who he is except for me? Well, I don't really know who he is except that I know he's just been on a couple of podcasts. He's he's this guy. He runs this hedge fund or... Well, see, this is really the core of the issue, really is that there's this kind of group of people who have uh, rocketed up in influence in the cryptocurrency space by basically jumping on the laser eyes, Bitcoin, et cetera, bandwagon, right? So Peter McCormack, Nick Carter, Natalie Brunel, Saifedina Moose. Uh, there's a bunch of the other ones um, who were nowhere to be seen in the, in the, in the block size. War. It's completely different to people like, uh, Vitalik Buterin or Eric Voorhees or Bruce Fenton or even um, you know even Tone Vase or Adam Back you know they're in a separate category they were involved they were in the mix they were having things happen but just in this last four or five years 
some of the people who came in and just saw their opportunity was, oh, this is where the momentum is. They all got into that and cheering Bitcoin maximalism and so on and so forth. And they gained a very large profile out of it. And one of them has been this guy, Nick Carter, who, again, you can read his takes and he would say, no, I was never about that. I was, he made some kind of coin metrics site, I think, initially. And so he says, look, all the coins were on there. So that meant I was neutral to everything. But it doesn't matter if like he was on Lex Friedman and he basically just said, you know, called out BCH a bit and was kind of on the BDC side of all that, telling him how the block size wars happened and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it's just now that now that the uh, the honey is no longer there in the Bitcoin maximalism pot with the prices declining and all the lies and hype vanishing suddenly uh suddenly you got to move on to better pastures right so you you pastures so you got to make up with some of the some of the shit coiners and some of the alt coiners suddenly you got to be their best best bud now that the momentum has moved right okay so he's not a developer or anything he's not a developer yeah he runs some kind of hedge hedge fund investing he's a bit of a financey type guy Interesting. I'm pretty sure my only like long form exposure to him was uh, him on the uh, Lex uh, Lex Friedman podcast, and he seemed, you know, sophisticated enough that I expected him to be a developer. But if he's just some dude with money, I don't. Well, it was one of the more reasonable ones i mean on this on the spectrum right it is true that he did have a more considered view and he probably wasn't being as aggressive and toxic and and stuff as as the rest of the the rest of the kind of vibe is and it is true that there's a lot of a lot of this toxicity and whatever is kind of bound up in this online narratives that when you go and meet people face to face it's much less of an issue it is still partly an issue which is interesting but it's it's much more confined because in a real scenario, it's much harder to maintain that kind of in-group, out-group uh, and mob mentality. So in reality, the people who are the most laserized, well, they have laserized meetups and whatever, but the only people who go are laserized people, so they can all just be shut off separately. If you go to any sort of crypto-neutral stuff, it's pretty hard to sustain. I'm a toxic maximalist in that environment, face-to-face with real people, right? So... Which we've talked about on this show a lot before, actually. But do do you think this is 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 this going to work? Do you think there can be a BDC rebranding of ah oh, now we're all the happy accepting guys? Please come back to Bitcoin. We're we're just the cool original coin. Well, they've cr- they've crafted some narratives that they're going to have to either follow up on or like combat with new narratives the the thing that comes to mind primarily is that toxic maximalism is the immune system to bitcoin right so uh hey if there's no more maximalists left do you have cancer (laughs) that's a good line maybe we need to uh, maybe we need to start a bit of a fud campaign on them to uh to drive the stake home i don't don't know but i mean just to me i Obviously, from the BCH perspective, it's like, is BCH going to get any credit at all for avoiding all this delusion completely in the first place? Probably not. 
nobody's going to think, oh, wait, wait a second. Actually, you know, the Bitcoin Cash community, they, they called that out literally from the very start and dodged all of it. Maybe they were on to something there. I think it's going to be more efforts to sort of rehabilitate the, the BTC side because they did, they did make, you know, they made their money out of it. So everybody's still able to believe we were, we were onto the right thing. And it was funny because that the, in this uh, attempt to sort of re rewrite things a little bit, there's, there's these, it, it still, it still comes up that this guy, Bitcoin culture, burn it to the ground that he wrote there. He says something along the lines of Bitcoin has fought off massive attacks like the block size wars and that required, you know, intolerance and da 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 da. But the now it's not it's not it's not defending us against anything, you know. It was needed then, but now it's not, which is kind of like, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't needed then. You were still just being assholes then. And Bitcoin Cash wasn't an attack on Bitcoin, it just was Bitcoin, and you just kicked out all of the peer-to-peer cash advocates uh in your pursuit of you know fed coin right so but they do have now they have to try and maintain this cognitive dissonance if they unwind all this uh no we're not going to be the toxic maximalists anymore because they're gonna well they're just gonna splinter their own community partly because now they've just ingrained it in so many people that if the whole laser eyes thing was not a thing are people just going to be quietly taking the L and turning off their laser eyes or is it's part of them are going to double down and be even more at odds with the ones who, who who want to be more accepting and more open to ideas. And how does this all play into network governance anyway? Because it's not, it doesn't make a big difference whether or not all this Twitter laser eyes is going on. When if it comes down to somebody wants to make a change to the protocol and they instantly get swamped with no, you can't do that. We're immutable. Blah blah blah. You haven't got anywhere. Like it's still, still a mess, basically, right? Yeah, I almost wonder long term if it's going to be like this kind of pendulum thing where, you know, let's suppose that, and this is where there's that whole well chain death spiral thing. Yeah, okay, but. Just entertain my idea for a second. Let's suppose that BCH flips BTC, right? And we get this massive minor uh, hash power migration, let's say. Uh, at one point, or do you think there'll be a certain like uh, collective of BTC folks that are like, no, now we really, truly are defending the real Bitcoin, much like, you know, early BCH folks were immediately after the fork. Uh, and will that eventually get some rally? I think I would have a harder time getting any rally behind it because of the fundamentals, but I almost wonder if we'd have that the opportunity for that like weird pendulum behavior where it's like BCH flips BTC, then BTC flips BCH because there's always someone trying to make money off the underdog. Uh, well, I don't, I don't really think so because in a scenario where bch does a flipping i think that's gonna be it for bdc like what's gonna what's gonna hold it together like at the moment they have all they have the brand they have the liquidity they have the uh you know credibility or whatever but in a scenario where 
BCH has more liquidity than BDC. It's just going to keep sucking away all their all their liquidity. Why why would you keep trading with like you're just going to be surrounded by opportunities of people that are trading in BCH because that's the whole point. We want to expand the transactions and and whatever. And the people who are left on the BDC side are going to be wrecked basically because what would they have to offer in a scenario where they would need to catch up like all this firstly it would be like okay what are we going to have our one megabyte coin like why would anybody need to trade on that when they could just do the same thing on bch that's the first point and the second point is all this like oh we're going to build lightning and we're going well the clocks basically run out for that if we're just powering off ahead like trying to scrape together lightning, everyone will be like nobody cares anymore or just why don't you just put lightning network on bch if it's so you know if you need it uh that will kind of play into it and the other thing to remember is, is if there is a flitting the opposite of what has already happened is also going to happen where the bdc people got a huge injection of capital and the bch people got wrecked and so the resource imbalance was absolutely enormous but if there is a flipping, well, BCH is going to, everyone's going to, everyone who's buying CoinFlex wrecked coins right now is going to be balling. And everybody who was laser eyes and hodling, they're all going to be, you know, explaining to their <laughs> wives and children why they're all broke. And they, uh, they're going to have bigger problems to fight than fight the BCH community if, if that, if that happens. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but one kind of counter argument but i'm not i don't this isn't really an argument like the market doesn't give a goddamn about fundamentals so why would they trade on one megabyte btc blocks well because it's fucking there that's it that's like there's three thousand at least coins right and 95 percent of them probably don't need to exist why why do people trade because they're there unfortunately no, people will still trade Bitcoin BTC. Don't get me wrong. It's not like the the the, the chain is going to completely stop and everything will die and there will be no transactions at all. It will just be, well, it will be, I want to say kind of like Bitcoin SV is now or like eCash is now or some people would say like BCH is now. I think that's different. But of course, I think that, right? Obviously, that's my perspective. But it will be like there'll be a couple of little true believers in their little corner and they will have their little, you know, uh, BTC, one megabyte blocks. We've still got the orange Bitcoin. We're still the real Bitcoin. Yeah, I agree. There will be that. But there's, if BCH can win, can get a flipping, there's no coming back from that. There's no BTC reflipping. How the hell would that ever happen? You know, we've, we, that was the point. If, if, if BCH had won the block size war, there wouldn't have been a BDC. It would have been over. See you later, guys. The only reason that there is a whole split and everything in the, in the first place is because like Bitcoin didn't take over. If BCH is in the driving seat, it's going to be like, that's what the show is about. It's on the path to global reserve currency. It's just going to start sucking up everything. There's going to be so much hype and so much excitement and the community is just going to keep rolling at that. Like it's just going to be exploding in growth. 
there will be no catching up. Like, can you imagine uh, St. Martin's happening in like six countries at once with like the price hype rising? That would just be, see you later. Like orange coiners just lost 90% of your money and you obviously fucked it up. You had your chance and now nobody cares. Do you think that, uh, like, if BCH did get that BTC ticker, I think the BTC, like, diehards would still, like, they'd be that minority fork. But do you think it'd be, like, I don't know, a Bitcoin classic? Just one megabyte blocks like Satoshi intended? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what it's going to be. That's Of course that's going to be their, their story. We're not going to get the ticker, but, well... Maybe we would get the ticket back. I don't know. But I don't, I don't think we kind of want the ticket back. In, in any flipping scenario I can imagine, we, we would probably keep, you know, we would say, let's keep the green logo and let's keep the, the PCH ticker and just give us back Bitcoin. Just call us Bitcoin. And these guys can be called Bitcoin Core or Bitcoin Classic or Bitcoin Cripple, whatever, or Bitcoin Blockstream, whatever the hell they want to call their coin. They can call it whatever they want, but it will. I I don't think the exchanges are going to be like you guys are Bitcoin. Here's here's the BTC ticker back. I don't think we'd even want to argue because we would already have all the liquidity and all the exchanges and all the integrations and all the branding and all everything already on the BCH thing. And then we can just be Bitcoin, but like Bitcoin Cash, you know, like which is kind of how we're trying to create it now but just more of the world like the exchange whatever would recognize that that's Uh, how i can see it playing out yeah just for clarity because i see some of the comments too um i don't know if i said it out loud but in my head at least i was thinking like back in the the heart of the flippening war like that 2017 spicy battle uh there was definitely talk about bch getting that btc ticker um, and the conversation was really like the ticker is just a, a setting on an exchange. Like they can swap a ticker out whenever they want. It might cause mass confusion, but it is what. Well, it that's is. that. That's right. It could it could have happened, and at that time, it would have been very helpful if that had happened. And the reason was it's not actually the ticker itself. It's not the three letters BTC that are critical that everyone cares about. What mattered was the liquidity. What mattered was that all the exchanges, that that was the number one coin that showed up at the top of every list, Bitcoin, BDC with the orange symbol, that package and all the market, all the marketing assets, all of the, um, yeah, all the coin liquidity, all of the trading pairs. Like at that time, all the coins were trading against BDC and they weren't necessarily even trading against Fiat or against each other or whatever. But the point is, so the BCH community has had to redo all that work from scratch. We've had to come up with the new marketing materials through the messy decentralized process. We had to, you know, get exchanges on board and so on and so forth. But now I think the opposite is starting to happen. Now that we've reestablished all of that stuff uh, from a marketing point of view, from an exchange point of view, now that because the tech is diverging further and further over time as is the fates of the coins and everything like that so by the time we have the momentum and things are going great we're, we're not going to want any of their their whatever like the exchanges are more and more have to specifically 
run a bch node and pay attention to the bch upgrade cycle and do, they can't just like run a bdc one and then okay bch is basically like a free add-on but that's that's a good thing because it, it it cuts both ways which is that if the bdc people start if if they don't want to support you know if we're the if we're the better chain that everybody's getting excited about then what's going to be the point of uh having to fuck around separately for bdc basically um they can keep the baggage exactly that's exactly right they can keep the baggage that they've created for themselves which was the whole point which is exactly what this whole maximalism thing is about jay dears us won't their difficulty adjustment will wreck them from a technological standpoint if the flip would happen fast enough and that's true yes that's uh, i think that's what jet was alluding at before when he said uh setting aside like a sudden flipping yes if the bch price started rocketing up then it can create a self-fulfilling prophecy where price goes up, hash rate goes up, uh, momentum goes up, marketing goes up, community morale goes up. And at the same time, that sucks away hash power from BDC. So whenever they, uh, because their difficulty only adjusts every two weeks, if they lose like 20% of their hash power, that means they're 20% further from the difficulty adjustment, which let's say that's another two days. Well, then that gives another two days for the momentum to go into BCH's favor, which could get it further ahead. And it can just happen like that. Meanwhile, fees would be going nuts on BDC because of the uh, congestion and the backlog of the difficulty slowing down, as well as obviously people trying to dump out their coins and get into BCH and they just melt down. And at a certain point, it's just fucking over. It's their coin just plummets in value as the last ones out, out of the fire exit just get crushed, which is the whole point because there's only like a million BCH left and there's 21 million or 19 million BDC right now. So only one in 19 people can cash out in this kind of scenario um even less because the entire bch community would immediately diamond hands and start uh probably even buying up a few extra coins. this is not even to mention every other community ethereum or every other coin community just being like oh, this is the most bch hopium you know of all time but that you know that's that's a possible scenario at some point if we can if we can get the momentum back all right. I think that's it for that topic then. Yeah. Bit of a side tension. I'm but here for it either way. There's your there's your dose of BCH hope to offset offset all of this uh coin flex and, and bullshit. Like just put that in the past and like let's just let's get back on track towards this whole whole flipping. Right. So they BDC have got their problems with maximalism. You know who else has problems? Peter Schiff. On the next slide. <laughs> Oh, there we go. There we go. It just took a second update. Peter Schiff has just rugged his own customers. So this week, oh, July the 3rd, same day as these Hangouts, which is, I guess, why I missed it uh, immediately, but I did catch up with it later. Peter Schiff posted on Twitter, despite no evidence of crimes, Puerto Rico regulators closed my bank anyway for net capital issues rather than allow a sale to a highly qualified buyer promising to inject capital far in excess of regulatory minimums. As a result, accounts are frozen and customers may lose money. The reason regulators gave for turning down the sale is that post-sale, I would own 4% of the company buying the bank. They said that due to the bad press about me, they did not want me owning 4% of a bank, even though they know firsthand the allegations in the media are false. They never let me know they objected. I found out in C&D order cease and desist order to shut down the bank 
Had they ever told the 4% stake was a problem, I would have restructured the deal. I just wanted out. I had to put in 7 million in the last two years to cover operating losses due to bad press. Also, it costs a fortune to run a small bank. That's why I never really made any money. The compliance costs are outrageous, end quote. So this is just the ultimate, like we were right. This post got quote tweeted and commented on by every single Bitcoiner under the sun and including me and, and rightly so, because this is just the ultimate reaping what you sow. Peter Schiff, who has sent the last bloody 10 years telling everybody that Bitcoin is worthless, there's no point to it. And everybody, hundreds, thousands of people probably that have tried to get through to him. Can you not imagine any scenario where it might be useful to have an account which could not be frozen or shut down or, you know, ending up in grief and whatever. And he's been able to say, well, look at these people getting wrecked in Bitcoin. They're losing their funds. They got wrecked in Mount Gox or in Coinflex or whatever the exchange of the week is. You guys have got it wrong the whole time. Well, the chickens have come home to roost and he has just wrecked his own bank and he's rug pulled his own customers unintentionally. And he's been ruined in the most classic way by the regulators, who are the ones that the Bitcoin BTC people are always, well, the crypto community generally is always trying to kind of push back on or, you know, handle problems with. And he's been having a great time laughing about that, even though he should be on our team with the whole libertarian, you know, uh, free, free market kind of stuff. And now it's happened to him. So it just, I mean, it reminds me of that famous poem you know first they came for the 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 artists or whatever and then you know at the end they that came for me and there was no one left to speak up well this is peter schiff like it was first they came for the bitcoiners and he hung us out to dry and now now the 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 sword has come around to him and the the banks and the and who knows whether or not this was like warranted or justified or under the strict letter of the law or whatever, it doesn't even matter if he thinks it's really unjust or unfair because that's the whole point. We would try and explain, look, the government's not going to play by the rules with you and he didn't listen to us that you got to build systems resilient to that and now he's wrecked. Not to mention the fact that he says, look, I had to put in 7 million in the last two years to cover the operating losses. And it's like, well, you're just a... After all this hype about, oh, I'm a great capitalist and whatever. Well, it turns out he was running his own operations at a loss. And so maybe you're not such a great entrepreneur after all, Peter Schiff. And it's pretty ridiculous that after he's been shilling his Europac bank and all that as the greatest thing, uh, you know, that people should look into instead of Bitcoin. Well, it turns out he was just funding it basically as a marketing expense the whole time. So, all right you know this is this is a this is pretty pretty big win for the crypto <laughs> advocates out there i'd say what do you think did this make you laugh i didn't quite understand what the hell was going on when i first saw this so this isn't like <laughs> oh uh, the bank found out he used crypto and they froze my account this is he owned a bank uh didn't have enough money to like what's this like closed uh closed my bank for net capital issues what the hell does that mean well that's that so what happens is so peter schiff has this bank right euro pacific 
okay. capital or something like that, right? And he's the CEO and the owner and he started it all up, you know, however many years ago, right? Uh, he said he put 7 million in the last two years, but he's been running it for longer than that. He's been around for a while. And so basically his idea was he hates the banks, right? Uh, maybe I should have explained all this before the, the rant. But anyway, he, he, he hates the banks, same as crypto people, but he also hates crypto. So his solution was his crummy middle ground of I'm going to be the bank. I'm going to make a bank that's not like a crypto bank or not like Coinbase or not like a, a crypto thing of any description or a crypto wallet or whatever. No, instead, I'm going, and I also hate the regular fractional reserve bank. So instead, he was going to make his own bank, which was going to run in the way that he thought a bank should be run, right? With full reserves. And with, you know, the ability to buy gold bullion and silver and like, you know, whatever, whatever other features, I don't know, stock trading and like whatever, whatever stuff they had going on, right? Just the Peter Schiff version of how banking should be. Of course, this was a losing strategy, which everybody in crypto has tried to tell him for the million and one times, because you can't you can't beat the banks at their own game. The reason the banks are, operate the way they do is because they've built the whole system around that. So he's trying to make his like rebel bank was obviously stupid, right? If you're going to beat the banks, you got it. You got to be, you can't be, you know, you can't be bringing a, a sword to a gunfight, right? You got to, you're going to have to show up with a nuclear bomb, which is exactly what crypto, the approach crypto is taking and which he hates and he doesn't understand. So he had this bank, right? And he had a few depositors and whatever. But what he said was that he's now being shut down for not having enough uh, money backing up the bank. But he actually has all of the customer's money. Like according to him, there's no there's no scam. It's not like CoinFlex and some of the money's gone or they've got to liquidate. No, apparently it's all good, at least according to him. And I don't think he's lying. All that's happened is that the regulators have had it out for him and so they found a provision or a whatever a way to screw him and, and they've done it and gotcha. he is upset about it uh because obviously like he's saying if 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 he got told in advance that the four percent stake was the problem you know maybe he would have done it some other way all he wants to do is just get rid of the bank and give everyone back their money and close it down but it's not that simple because he's been running his little rebel bank and somebody's finally found a way to, to screw him for it. And so they've, they've done it and they've shut down his thing. And now his customers who have all their money there are going to get rugged as a result of him getting wrecked by the regulators. So it's just the ultimate ironic situation, really. <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of ironic to laugh at it considering the coin flex situation <laughs> but yeah i do enjoy that it's happening to him knowing this story yeah well i think everybody yeah everybody just got a bit of a, you know this is a bit of a win for <laughs> uh for crypto people you 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 sort of got it you sort of got it again this is the same as what i was saying before about the coin flex stuff sometimes okay it sucks for peter Schiff, sucks for any of his depositors all right, but sometimes you just got to you got to take a win where you can get it, you know. And uh, this just after so much hatred for Schiff, it's just like Spencer Schiff. I don't know if he's tweeted recently. Let me let me just quickly 
quickly check that because where where was it? This is just the ultimate dunk of all time. His dad telling him that crypto is a scam and blah blah blah, and now he's just looks like he didn't tweet anything about it. Maybe he's just Spencer, his just, kid, his son. Yeah, yeah. Spencer's his uh, his son, who's a big laser eyes. BDC guy and he's been arguing back and forth with him on Twitter. I did an episode about it. It was episode uh, 15, I think with uh, Ryan Giffen. And we went through like, it's, it's such a classic, you know, father, son. Yeah. Thanksgiving's rivalry, gotta right? be fun. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Yeah, definitely. And they've always been, you know, they're always joking about it and whatever. And I mean, it's, it's actually pretty genius. I think from, from Peter's side, especially because I think Spencer is a bit sort of naive in the sense that his he's in a great position. Like his dad is doing him a huge solid because his dad can say Bitcoin shit and I hate all this stuff. You're just a clueless like idiot. And then Spencer can argue back at him and that instantly boosts Spencer's engagement through the roof and gets him all these followers and clout and whatever. And so Peter's just in a no-lose situation. Because either Bitcoin gets wrecked, in which case he can say, look, you're my son and you're an idiot. And I tried to tell you, like, you learned some valuable lessons. Welcome to the real world. Or Bitcoin kicks off in some, you know, world that he can't really perceive, but maybe it does. And then he's just done his job as a dad. He's got his kids sorted. They're rich. They've got clout. He passed on the heritage and he did it in a way that made sense to the new generation. And like, that's good. He's, he, he, he's, he, he sorted it. Uh, again, I don't know what their relationship is like, you know, maybe Spencer and him, you know, have a great chat behind the scenes. And Peter says, look, if we just stir up a bit of drama, like you're getting, so, but from my, from my reading of it, from what I've seen of, of Spencer's posts, it, it is more like, Spencer just is a bit unaware that his dad is doing him a huge favor um, in this way. I'm sure Peter realizes that that's what's happening, but I don't think Spencer really is clued into that part of it. I think I did watch that episode, like as you're saying it. I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Long time ago, long time ago. Uh, it was the first episode with Ryan Giffen as well. And anybody, yeah, who wants to go back and listen to that, that was killer episode one of the one of the great episodes of the podcast i think in in my <laughs> my humble bit it was what i think it was even one of my favorites that i picked uh from that uh, year one of the podcast so uh yeah definitely a good one to to check and we talked about a lot that was also ryan the first time ryan and i had talked and so he had a lot of questions about bch and about this and that uh that uh i was able to answer for him so uh that might be a good one that it's it's not like a it's not like a welcome to crypto episode. It's not like, oh, here's, this is how Bitcoin works. And this is, a, but it's more like a, you know, it's like, it's like intermediate level, like Bitcoin cash. It's like, okay, you've got the fundamentals and now you need the next like block of like knowledge. Uh, a lot of, a lot of that's in there as well too. So yeah, maybe check that out if you're interested. Right. So all this is to say that this episode just goes to show that Every community is, is having their own problems. VCH uh, with CoinFlex and how we're handling that. Bitcoin BDC with its culture. Peter Schiff with the banks. You know, it's a it's a rocky marketplace, right? And 
maybe it's like you know those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones kind of an idea right uh there certainly seems everybody trying to figure out their way around the financial mess we're in is is coming up with their own their own issues and their own approach um yeah that was kind of the theme i wanted to hit on for this episode i guess we need a slogan like we need to go from the we're all gonna make it or not gonna make it to we're all getting rugged (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if peter's gonna (laughs) peter's gonna (laughs) jump on it's not as really as motivational well it's certainly not as it's anti-hype that's what it is we're all getting rugged. The Bitcoin Cash Group. Come and join us and get get rugged too. Get uh, needs maybe there's a way we can make it make it rhyme. We're all getting rugged. Well, wag, wagger. I don't know. Rugs rugs for days. RFD. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, we are the resistance. Oh, that's not a bad one. Get you new, get your new rugs, Bitcoin Jason. <laughs> Maybe we need it. We need a meme with just one of those doorway welcome mats with a BCH and welcome and then a BCH on it. You know, welcome to BCH. Here's your free rug. <laughs> I think that could be a good one. We could make that as a as a, as a meme um, or like I. I have the, I have like a scene working out in my head, but like, I don't know. There's probably okay. I'm gonna say this, and if anyone in the audience like knows of the movie that is in my head that I can't name, think the name of yeah. Clip it. Okay, so someone walks in, sits down at like a kitchen, but it has one of those like a uh, uh, table uh, liner, like table I don't know, like a picnic table cover thing, you know? Yeah, and like. They're like, you know, starting to get into the meal. They're getting familiar. The the food or whatever is Bitcoin cash. And then just as they go to like take a bite of the dessert and that's peer-to-peer cash, the whole thing just gets rubbed. <laughs> but not like a cool magician like, oh, everything's there. No, it gets obliterated. It, gets, it, it smashes onto everything. Okay. All right. Is that from a I don't recognize that that scene if that's from a favorite famous movie or something but i can imagine it being in some kind of tablecloth form i, I like i like my simple idea of, of just having the 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 the, the rug because the, everyone knows those welcome mats right yeah they're always kind of like gray and like a bit like we used to have one at my my mom's house and it was like this like prickly like you didn't even want to step on it to be honest if you did if you had socks on you were already like this is a nightmare i'd rather not this not be here. It's just going to poke me in the in the foot. Let alone if you're in bare feet. If you went out to put out the rubbish or something, just coming back in and this prickly mess that just it's going to cut your feet open. Basically, it says "Welcome" on it, and then yeah, just "Welcome" and the BCH. Welcome to BCH. Here's your free rug. Everyone gets a free rug. Every child wins a prize. All right. <laughs> Speaking of that, we got meme of the week. Uh, maybe bonus there. You got a bonus meme creation as well too. Uh, this one comes from Callisti on BCH Telegram, who did this meme format where there's the the girl in black and white who's kind of shouting out, and she says, "Babe, please stop buying the dip. Rent is due." And then it's it's usually that other guy with the the blonde sort of 
hair that is on the other half of this, I think. But in this one, it's randomly some kind of animal type of It's a bull, guy. isn't it? It's a bull, I guess. Oh, I guess. Oh, I get, okay, I totally didn't get that. Anyway, it's a bull wearing uh, green. He says, deploying more capital, steady lads. So he's obviously not interested in his girlfriend's pleas to pay the rent. And instead, he's uh, he's on that dope one life. Uh, steady lads was the the famous uh, words of Doquan right before he rugged everyone some more, basically. So uh, anyway, this 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 made me laugh. It's just kind of like it's 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 a quality like copium meme. It's like, yeah, the price is low, so it might be a great time to get in. But we might all just get rugged again. Maybe, maybe Coinflex is still going to liquidate a bunch of coins. Maybe, maybe there's some other bullshit that we haven't expected. So I don't I, know, this one just made me laugh. If it okay, I'm trying to like do the math on like what price point would I be able to get a hundred BCH and not be like broke as shit and also risk the next like <laughs> three years of my life, right? I haven't really thought about it, but I think if we break like $50, which I feel like would be difficult to do, but if we do that, it's possible. Get in there, get in, get in the triple digits. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny. I mean, when you were saying before about the, about the, about the whales, that that's kind of what it needs to come down to really is just. Everybody has been like the BDC community. They don't. They don't really do that. They don't really go around and go, "Oh, quick, we need some whales to save us." Like, why don't whales fund our projects, or why don't this or that? It's like, no, you just got to You just got to beat the community. Needs to be the whales, and that's the whole. As time goes on, as coins spread out, as the community grows, with more and more people involved in it, there's more and more people who just have their own stash and are just sorted. And then that's it. And if if we're all serious about this this uh, project and 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 whatever, then uh, yeah, now's the time. Everybody's got to like, okay, not financial advice. Don't somebody clip this to me and say you <laughs> wrecked us all. Like same stuff as I've said on every other show. Like dollar cost average in. Watch that bear market survival episode. Have a stash of fiat. Work on your career. Like everything we've already said a hundred times but basically in three to five years time the community now the ones who are serious on the idea of p2p cash and stuff need to be the ones with the whales so that all these hundreds of thousands of bch getting liquidated by a couple of centralized exchanges or whatever pots or whatever no it needs to get in the hands of the community and the way to do that is to buy them up and withdraw them put them in cold storage and not be and as well obviously be using it and stuff all the stuff you usually do with with bch you know spreading the message appear to be a cash but making sure you've got a bit of a stack one way or another that you can you can afford to lose but you can also afford to just let it sit and get rich and not just sell it at once you get a 5x instead of just selling it all out and going on holiday maybe just chill on it until it 50x's and then congrats we are the whales that's kind of the idea anyway right that's it for meme of the week we've got message to the community do you have do you have something you want to say here or i can think of something 
Uh, my brain is not working well enough today, uh, so right, I'll, I'll give enough. you that responsibility. Right. Yeah, I think. I think. One of the reasons that I made this topic for this week about the BDC maximalism and all of that is because you can kind of see how fast the story can shift basically is that two weeks ago maximalism was the greatest thing and everybody was having a grand old time being their laser eyes and whatever and if you rewind back to not the bitcoin conference 2022 but the bitcoin conference 2021 you had max kaiser screaming on stage that uh fuck elon and el salvador was announcing that it was going to be their national currency or, or whatever it was going to be allowed and it was like the euphoria was at all-time highs and on the i did a, we did a podcast episode and i was saying this is peak euphoria this is exactly what it looks like and that's exactly what it was so a year later the second bitcoin conference well suddenly a lot of the hype had gone out of the the bubble a lot of the the, the balloon was busy deflating not not completely but a lot of it had sort of gone out so it was kind of this gradually then suddenly moment and now with a bit more price declines it's not really working out in el salvador nobody's excited about that and it was funny because nick carter said uh was posting about oh, okay you know i'm not a maximalist or whatever samson mao arch villain of this whole thing got in the mix with him and you know what nick said said back he said How's that Bitcoin nation state adoption going? Still zero for zero? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thought so, right? So it's just going to call it out on his bullshit. Samson Mao, oh, I've got my El Salvador. We're going to do better than Roger Vier and his BCH nutters in same Well, actually, maybe not. You might want to just be checking the scorecard, mate, because I mean, not that St. Martin has kicked off and has taken over the world just yet. But it seems to be kind of it's moving in the right direction quietly behind the scenes. So they're having hearings being like, what's going on here? It's kicking off. Uh, whereas El Salvador, the opposite has happened. Nayib Bukele has wrecked a bunch of his money on BTC gamble. That's down. His whole country's in gang violence uh, that he's busy. He skipped out on the Bitcoin conference and he's just generally said his volcano bonds, that completely didn't happen. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's not coming together. So my point is, yeah, it's a gradually then suddenly with narrative shift. So it's gradually, gradually, gradually gone from we're taking over the world, laser eyes is the best to, okay, I don't know about this bit of a bear market, et cetera, to now suddenly maximalism is bad. What were we doing this whole time? I wasn't a maximalist. You weren't a maximalist. Everybody trying to be, I'm not a maximalist. I wasn't being toxic. I wasn't spreading any of this suddenly uh old coins are looking back on the menu and in that same way bch's day is going to come when the narrative it's it's just like we're already at the end of the story but we're just waiting for everybody else to kind of catch up and that's that's gonna happen but it will it's just this slow bleeding of of uh okay maximalism had its time all the altcoins have been doing really well da 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 but it's just like I've said before, it's just a marathon run. All we have to do is just stay in the race. And eventually we keep building, keep making better apps, keep spreading adoption, stick to P2P cash, keep teaching people, not your keys, not your coins, keep having uncensored, you know, real discussions 
And that was something that was really great to see on the BCH hangouts was after Doug, uh, Doug Pope got in the mix with uh, Daniel and whatever, you know, there was all this like chat and it, obviously it's a bad situation, but it was still good to see the community having those, having those conversations and really having it out. And I know that some people were like, look, we had our opportunity to chill BTH. Why are we now turning it into this, uh, you know, real negative, not so negative, but this discussions about, um, you know, the specifics of who's to blame and whatever. That's not the point. Well, the fact of the matter is people are going to have those discussions somewhere and, I'd rather it be in the BCH community and we're not, we don't turn into trying to censor things and ban stuff that's inconvenient or whatever, because it's, it, you know, firstly it drives engagement. People get excited and interested. If people are interested, let them talk. Like that's not gonna, that's not gonna, if, if our, if our problem is people talking, we're already doing something wrong. Um, so yeah, anyway, the narrative's going to change fast. That's really what it all comes down to. And so BCH just needs to keep stay in the lane, just keep just keep working it through. And when the narrative switches to, uh, you know, maybe these BCH people they had a point. When 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 it comes to that, it will it will happen. It will take longer to get there than any of us think, but it will also happen faster once the switch starts. It will happen faster than any of us think, in the exact same way that it's been in under two weeks. The whole Bitcoin BTC maximalism stuff is just turned into a disaster so yeah that's my message to the community all right uh let's see any any in the chat yeah bdc fake merchant adoption <laughs> yeah yeah bitcoin yeah, exactly they've got fake merchants and eventually you can't fake enough merchant videos so that's it keep getting real merchants oh. on board okay yeah. Actually, I don't know why I was thinking about this before we got to the message of the community slide and then I blanked out completely. Okay, I would love to see like a day in the life vlog, like boring vlog style, generic YouTuber vlog of someone in St. Kitts. And they're like, yes. if you want to go to a library or you want to get lunch or go to a car wash or whatever the case may be, here's how you can do it with uh, Bitcoin Cash. Or even yep. even more exciting, I think, would be to find. I don't know if find there's someone a, who wasn't involved. And yeah, like, like hey, a random tourist yeah. who just decided to go to uh, Saint Kitts or Saint Saint Martin, and then being like, "Whoa, there's all this like Bitcoin Cash adoption here. I want to try this out." And then going to an ATM, and then you know, going through all those steps. Maybe yeah. someone should get a hold of Ice. Yeah. Yeah. That that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, forward hopefully. slash someone. <laughs> Bitcoin, Jason. I have that video. Okay, well, sick, uh, sick. send us send us in with a, a link or whatever. Because yeah, that would be that would be super cool, and yeah, that would be that would be amazing. I I think that's another thing that yeah, BCH has done kind of a a, a poor um sort of a poor job of is that we it's the opposite of BDC. They they have done not much good onboarding but they've done a great job making a lot of noise and like fud about it, basically like with El Salvador, we've done the opposite. We've done probably pretty good onboarding, but then we haven't just hit it right on terms of like some slick things that really like, wow, BCH is really happening. I mean, there's been a little Mark Falzon has done some good uh, content in that direction as well too. When you said about that video of Ryan Giffen, he did his video that I talked about on the show a while ago 
I went to St. Kitts and I found this kind of crypto adoption center. And that was that kind of video. Okay, here's me going around the island and I found this and this in BCH. You know, that was pretty cool. But if we can find a way to just, yeah, get a snappy version of that, like with an unaware tourist who's just, hey, have you seen the BCH science everywhere? Yeah, do you want to know what that's about? You know, it's this decentralized community, blah, blah, blah. I'm part of it. It's not from a company. I'm not trying to shill you all this bullshit. Like, just do you mind if we follow you around for a day? Look, we can help you get set up, et cetera. Uh, if you made that into something and then just, you know, we could make that go viral or get, especially like we've seen before with Mark Cuban, where he was just suddenly like, hey, what about Bitcoin Cash in the Caribbean? That's just crushing it so don't tell me that bitcoin bdc is the bee's knees because clearly not everyone agrees if that's the kind of video that somebody who we just wouldn't expect with a hundred thousand followers just sees that and thinks wow that's that's what it looks like that's it happening so yeah if somebody can somebody can find that or, or make that or, or whatever that would be that would be awesome all right, cool. Well, that will basically do it for. The, oh, here we go. Jason's got this. Uh, he's just linked us to this video. Let's have a look. Maybe we can play it live on stream. Yeah, yeah, I can see. It, yeah, cool. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but that's cool. I'll listen to it. How you doing? I just met Bruno at the Puma here, and he was talking that he bought his first Bitcoin Cash the other day. Exactly, first one under a hundred dollars. And I was talking to Jason here, first time, just met him and how his business here, his car, Bitcoin Cash, everything influenced me to buy my first Bitcoin Cash because here in Townsville, I could see that they have a use case and I was like, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to start it to accumulate now that we are at this bottom here. And I was sharing with a friend of mine in, back in Adelaide in South Australia, how I was, you know, I always wanted to have my first Bitcoin Cash. And when I traveled here to Townsville, I saw his business here and I said, ah, now is the time. It's like a sign. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Bruno, do you have a YouTube channel? Not a YouTube channel, but yeah, I work with crypto and projects and etc. And uh, we have a few friends over there in South Australia. So yeah, we always try to be in the community where you are. We try to meet up people and talk about crypto and, and building things, you know. So we are more like builders, yeah. uh, developers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we do love to, you I know. might be able to get you a job, actually, oh. where you can be independent, mm -hmm. but um, you can do your programming mm -hmm. and you get royalties on your program. Awesome. So, different applications, right? But you've got intellectual, intellectual rights over there, okay. and so you can reuse the same code and get paid for it. So, oh, I love it. Yeah. I'll meet, meet me at the meetup tonight, and I'll introduce you to some people. Definitely, definitely. So, guys, this is the importance of merchant adoption. Bruno came here; he's from out of state. Saw all these Bitcoin Cash stickers, saw the car, and thought, "I'm going to get Bitcoin Cash." It's a cryptocurrency that's not just a limited mintage where you can build your wealth from, but you can actually use it. Mm -hmm. So definitely, yeah. definitely. I remember a few weeks ago, I went to the pub here, beachfront, and then I saw the Bitcoin Cash sticker there. Yeah. And I said, see, that's the real use case. So mm. that's another thing that encouraged me to, to buy my first Bitcoin Cash yeah. and, and see everything. Yeah. And then I saw Jason's car here, and I said, that now is the time to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> We've got hotel accommodation at the Oasis. Uh -huh. uh, all your meals, all your accommodation, Bitcoin Cash, 100%. Wow. I, I live here 100% on Bitcoin Cash. Wow. Everything. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. I'm de-banked. 
That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, well done. That's, I'll get there one day. Uh, Still learning a lot, yeah. of course, but hearing that from you, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So I'm going to teach Bruno our mantra, right? If you hold Bitcoin Cash, you are, I am, we are all Satoshi. Let's do our part. Take care, guys. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thank you very much. Dude. That video was sick. There we go. Ask and you shall receive, mate. That, there we go. We're already moving in the right direction there. Uh Jason, that was super that was super sick. Let's let's uh, that would be a cool little series if we could get a series of Bruno buys his first coffee with BCH and Bruno or something like that. You know, I'm sure we can uh, iterate and expand on that format but that's definitely the the right kind of thing and we, we yeah we need to just find some ways to promulgate and spread those those kind of videos around uh yeah because that that's that's definitely the the right idea unscripted yeah yeah exactly and people people can pick up on that you know it is it is definitely you can tell that it's genuine that he was saying like yeah and then i saw the stickers and everything it's like obviously so you can script someone to say that but people have a good bullshit detector. They can know if it's just em empty hype, uh, basically. But you got it. You got to film in uh, in horizontal. <laughs> None of these vertical videos. It's hard to watch. Well, it's it, real hard to watch. That that's arguable because it depends on the platform, right? Like that'd be fine on Instagram or yeah. TikTok or any of that. But YouTube's. Still yeah, I guess maybe that. it was getting uh, getting reposted. But anyway, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, let's get let's get some of that going and especially if we can have some of those from Townsville and then some of those from St. Martin's and then some from St. Kitts and you could make a little montage of them with a in between. Oh, it was live. Okay. Uh, if you in between, you had a, uh, a graphic, you know, Townsville, da, 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 da. So-and-so discovers Bitcoin cash, St. Kitts, so-and-so discovers it, St. Martin's, so-and-so discovers it as like packaged up as a nice, you know, five or six minute video that, that could, you know, and then just call it like, Bitcoin Cash is taking over, or some hyperbolic headline to get people like, "What's going on here?" That I think that could be killer. All right. Well, anyway, that's it for the that's it for the the show for this week. So, thank you to all the donators. As always, you can uh, donate to the show on chain, real BCH accepted only. None of this <laughs> Lightning Network bullshit. Not your keys. Not your coins. No custodians. Get that out of here. Um, start guide, FAQ, links and all that is at bitcoincashpodcast.com. Yeah, thanks to the donors. Thanks to my patron, Ricky. And also, shout outs for the show. Oh, I forgot to update this slide. Uh, but I kind of want to give a shout out to Nick Kyrgios, actually, who just played in and lost the uh, Wimbledon finals but uh being an aussie kind of gotta gotta shout him out and give him give him some reps i've yeah i watched him play a few years ago when he was a bit more up and coming now he's in the big big leagues good good effort mate and hopefully he can just learn he's just got to settle down a bit with being a bit salty trying to bl blame the crowd or his bo box or different things like people like a bit of antics so it's okay to have some antics but just cut out the toxic part of it because that doesn't help anyone and it'll help you make more money and win more fans so that's my shout out any any shout out jet 
Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I thought about it <laughs> okay. for a bit. I can't. I'm like 10% right. of a person. No, nah, it's all good. All right. That's it. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. Bitcoin revolution, crypto trade on the rise. Then they stole our brand name and tried to push us aside. Cause they said it was over, that we'd never survive. Maybe there was a world that was the end of the ride. But this kind of hero's journey is refusing to die. So we picked up the shovels and headed back to the mine. Started over from scratch, finding fresh dynamite. Flipping over the board, drew up fresh battle lines. Set the difficulty right and forked